Hello and welcome back to the Coffee Tavern Happy Young Adults Podcast. We're so glad you're listening. We hope you continue to do so. This episode is a lesson from a young adult's regular, Brother Zach Norman, and it is entitled, When the Morning Comes. in a good mood. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be hard to, I don't, I think this is a Bible study, so maybe that's why I'm feeling that way. And I actually, I enlisted Brother Brzezinski. Well, I asked him to do pictures. He took over. I'm going to ask him to read scripture. So if you have your uh, Bibles tonight, um, we'll just try to walk through this and see what happens. I really, I have some place I want to go, but uh, I like preaching to a lot of IBCers because you actually know how hard it is to convey a thought. Um, I've heard a bad thought preach good, and I've heard good thoughts preach bad, so <laughs> you be the judge. But uh, what does Brother Mooney say? The operative word of our generation. What is it? Velocity. Velocity. <laughs> Humility. So. Anytime you get behind a mic, just take a deep breath. Humility will win you, especially at a place like Calvary. You'll get a lot further with humility than with anything. And don't use Brother Mooney in a sermon. Please don't do that. (laughs) I've just been wanting to say that. Please don't do that. Um, And it's so appropriate that I see all the IBCers here because I want to start this out. Brother Brzezinski, could you go to Genesis chapter 32? could turn there in your Bibles. Uh, Thank you for those kind words, Brother Brzezinski. I couldn't think of anyone more appropriate to lead this group than the Brzezinski's right now. Um, I just really appreciate all they do. Brother Brzezinski has been a a friend, confidant to me for a while. Uh, We just really meshed well when when I started coming back. And uh, I remember we were at a just a little rinky-dink event, um, where was that, in Anderson, and Brother Brzezinski was preaching there, and I was going to Anderson University for like a semester or two, I forget, um, and I remember after that sermon, he was walking by me, pointed at me, and he was like, you need to come back to church, and I'll never forget that, and I was at a place, I was, I'd listened, I was listening to IBC's music on my way to there, and on the way back, but I wasn't living right, but I was on my way, and just took a man of God to kind of help me. So, but because I'm in front of a bunch of IBCers, um, how many of you have been on the book trip? Would you raise your hand if you've been on the book trip? Okay, so two years ago when I, I think it was two years now, I was going to uh, in-person classes at IBC, and I was invited to go on the book trip. Brother Gallion just blessed me. (laughs) Because sometimes it's hard to get on, from what I understand. And um, so, you know, we, we drive down there on the bus. And this, I think, was the first time I was away from my wife. Um, and so, you know, we, we eat. It's all paid for. We go to the hotel. And I'm a little uncomfortable because I'm sleeping next to another dude. And <laughs> I'm, here I am on a queen bed without my queen. And it's kind of feeling weird. Uh, it was actually you. It was my bunkmate. At least, <laughs> it's, 
so funny. I, I pictured it in my mind. This couldn't be more perfect. I think that's why I'm in a good mood when I saw all you guys. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> so I'm laying there. You know, I'm trying not to snore, do whatever. I'm I'm just laying on one side because you always got to make that decision. Are you going to face them? Or are you going to turn your back to them? <laughs> so I turned my back to him. <laughs> and I'm just laying there all night, like, <laughs> trying not to try not to fall, trying not to roll over, just, just stay, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's about 3 a.m., and all of a sudden, like, the sermon starts coming to me. And it, it's about Jacob, and I'm just, you know, I'm not sleeping well, so I'm kind of thinking in my head, and uh, it kind of comes together a little bit. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. And so we go into Baker Bookhouse the next morning, and the first book I see, I immediately knew this was the title of that sermon. It was in the sermonic section. Not that you should, uh, you know, get too deep into the sermonic unless you like words. But uh, when the morning comes, when morning comes. So I want to preach about that. Um, so we all know the story of Jacob, how he had stolen the birthright from Esau and uh Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are very interesting because they, they set up the rest of the Old Testament. It's pre-law. It's the covenant of faith, and it's that blessing, that covenant of faith through Abraham that goes through the whole lineage, but it's pre-law. So it, it gives us kind of an insight into the Lord's mind, into his wisdom. And so Jacob, with his father's blessing and admonition not to marry from the daughters of Canaan, he goes out. And um, we know that he uh, goes into the land of Haran. There he meets Rachel. Um, Before he left, Esau had wanted to kill him uh, because he stole that birthright. So that was kind of good reason to go. You got the blessing. Your brother's trying to kill you, and it's time to leave. But you do have that blessing. And um, so he comes into Haran. Um, He meets Laban. He meets Laban's people. He stays there. And so after working there for seven years, he's deceived. And uh, <clears throat> we see that Leah, tender-eyed, she's hated, but God opens her womb. Rachel is finally, uh, her womb is finally opened after years. And I would just say this about uh, Rachel. You know that sermon, Bury Me Next to Leah. Have you guys heard that sermon? I think the reason why Rachel, um, she asked to be buried next to Leah, not Rachel, is what we'll see here in a little bit. Um, so then we see these children being born back and forth, and this is literally the 12 tribes of Israel. Between Leah, Rachel, the handmaids, this is literally the 12 tribes of Israel. And so uh, after God takes away her reproach, go ahead and um, so Laban, he, uh, he and um, Jacob, they part ways. He kind of splits during the middle of the night, and this is where we're going to bring you to right here. Go ahead and read, starting at verse 1. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban. And stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses, flocks and men servants, and women servants, and have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. 
one more. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with him. So Esau, here we see Jacob, he, he parts from Laban. And he literally gets the supernatural assurance of the angels that he's on the right track. How many know that when you received the Holy Ghost, you had some assurance from that point on? This is what that, that covenant of faith would do. And we would see that throughout these fathers, how uh, the Lord would show himself continually to keep them on their journey where they needed to go. And so Jacob, he actually spent 20 years with Laban. Um, but the moment he left, here's what he had to deal with. 20 years. Esau wanted to kill him before he left. And he spent 20 years with Laban. And here's what happens. Now he has to deal with Esau again. So here's what you have to do, and here's what Jacob had to do. He had to deal with his past. There's no such thing as running away from your problems. Uh, you can move five states away, and within three months, you'd start having the same types of problems. Uh, I've known people that uh, they've just gone decades with the, the same problems. Uh, a battle will keep cropping up in your life if you don't deal with it. Um, Laban even followed Jacob because he, he literally tried to leave during the middle of the night. And um, Rachel, what she did is she took her, her father's gods with her. And that was a very faithless act. And I believe that is why um, Jacob wanted to be buried next to Leah. Because the Lord was so jealous. He's a jealous God. But he continually told them, I am the Lord God. Serve me only. And that faithless act from Rachel kind of showed something in her to where that, that comfort from home, something that she wasn't willing to leave behind, something that she kind of wanted that, that comfort of the, the pagan reality. And she just, well, that's kind of my husband's deal. That's kind of my husband's God. Yeah, I'll follow him. But I feel like Leah was more wholehearted in that. And Rachel still had a bit of her heart that she wasn't giving to this following of the Lord God. And so I think that was a very grievous error and I believe that's why he wanted to be buried next to Leah. And so he and Laban, they make this covenant. They, they kind of move on. But he, he still has to deal with Esau. And we still have to repent. We still have to give everything to God. Here Jacob is. He's in the midst of this supernatural blessing. But yet there's this fear of his past that's coming on him. There's this fear that's going to overtake him. And here he is not knowing what to do. He's got God's blessing, but he's got to deal with some things. He's got to deal with his past. He's got to get on his knees and repent. He's got to give some things to God because without it, he's going to be overtaken and he doesn't know what to do. And so I, I actually, I had, uh, I'll tell you, I had a list of some things that, that people deal with. And I, I've been busy. I, I said a short prayer before I came here, and uh, I just uh, I felt checked about it because you know what your problems are, and, and we all have them. We've all had them, and I'm not here to try to stand up and call something out because uh, God's so merciful, as we're going to see. Um, and then can we continue on um, <clears throat> verse, verse 8? So uh, Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands and said, if Esau come to the one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, O God, my father Abraham, 
and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saith unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, for from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. That's good. So Jacob gave it to God. He gave it all to God. He, he asked for his mercy, his deliverance. So what he did was still, it, it was somewhat of, uh, Jacob seemed to be a, a deceiver, but really he was just kind of like all of us. He he was trying to plan it out. Um, <laughs> I just thought of this, Hannah. We When we went on the air with Dave Ramsey <laughs> and did our debt-free screen, what, what did he say? I was like, you know, God has just really blessed us. He was like, you know, you pray like it all depends on God, and you work like it all depends on you. And uh, this is kind of how Jacob was. It, it seems real deceptive on the surface, but when you kind of look at it. So here's what he did. He he wanted to give this gift to Esau, but he was doing it for a reason. So he gathered all the all the rams, all the cattle, all the goats. Uh, there were a few a few others, I believe. And so what he would do is he would he took them in groups and he had his servants go with them. And so he would send one out in a drove, the other one out in a drove. So by the time he was done, there would have been probably uh, a mile long buffer between uh, he and Esau, and he still has this fear on him, and it's been uh, 20 years. So let's uh, skip down to verse 21. So went the present over before him, and himself lodged that night in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. Jacob got rid of the distractions. You know, we, uh, we all do it, but we use our cell phones so much to the point where I believe they become a, almost a part of our persona or literally our being. We got the little pop tabs now, which are really handy. But it, it's almost like that thing could be glued to our hand. We could just put it in our pocket. Like like if you could work with the phone in your hand two-handedly somehow, it, it's almost become integrated uh, into us. And um, Jesus, what did he do? He, he commanded us to get away from men, to get away from the public, its reward, and to find our, our prayer closet. And so Jacob, he, he got rid of everything, and he was left alone. He stripped himself bare of all that he had, all that he had ever uh, gained, all the blessing, and he gave it all. Uh, no ego there, no no puffed up pride there, because it was all gone and it was just himself before God. We continued. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, 
what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Because being in the presence of the Lord will cost something to the flesh. We must be patient in hope and joyful in affliction. And I, I don't go certain places. I, I might, it might hurt my flesh, but every time that happens, it's a reminder of God's blessing. That's why we don't go certain places. We don't watch certain things. We don't hang out with certain people because there's that thorn. There's that part of the flesh, and there's a blessing. There's an anointing that comes when you get into God's presence. Um, that wound of the flesh, Paul talked about it. It was a thorn that was given to him, and it wasn't given. There wasn't money. There wasn't intellect. There there wasn't a lack of pain that saved him, but it was, it was a thorn, and it was grace that was sufficient for him. As apostolics, we, we must realize that we are not self-sufficient, but we are grace-sufficient. Uh, it, it's also spiritually immature to think that things are always going to go well. And when I was filling this, writing it down, I didn't even like it. Um, because I, I want things to go well. I want to make as much money as I can. I want to be a good husband. God forbid something happened to my wife. God forbid something happened to my daughter. But you know what? The, we were not given a guarantee that we were not going to suffer. You touched on that when you were up here. And I was like, wow. Because it's it's given to us to my, my daughter. when She's going to grow up here soon, which is going to be crazy. And, and she's going to. I'm going to give her a bike, but I'm not going to, she's going to have to skin her knees to learn how to ride that bike. And I would be a bad father if I didn't give her that bike to ride because I was worried about her skin and her knees because I knew that's what it takes to learn how to ride. And sometimes things will happen in your life. We'll pray, we'll pray, we'll pray. The special evangelist will come through and nothing will happen even then. And it's like, how, how do, why do we suffer? Because we know God is, is a deliverer. We know we've seen people healed. We've been a part of prayers where he's healed. We've seen so much. But I don't know why always, but we are going to suffer, and we need to get used to it because the church always does well under persecution. And who wants to preach like that or think like that? But it's going to happen because we need to, because it's going to be in the will of God one day for some of us to suffer, and I don't know how, and I don't know when. I just know it is appointed a suffering that will bring us closer to the will of God and his plan and purpose in our life. And so, <clears throat> I don't even have this written, but um, so here we, here we have this where he sent, Jacob sent all the droves, and he, he put it all, got rid of all the distractions. He was literally just by himself, and that's where God met him, by himself. But now we come to the place where uh, it's time to face Esau, and here's what happened. Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
and they wept. Because when you give your past to God, here, here's what it is. It's met with mercy. Luke 15, 17 through 20. When he came to himself, the prodigal son, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough in despair and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father. and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before them. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You can lose it all or give it all. But what Jesus requires is only you. Because his mercy does endure forever. You know, the Jews, they had such a special place with God. They, they were his chosen people. He chose them because they were small, because they were weak. And he, he gave them the law, all, these, all the oral traditions, all the prophets, everything that showed them that he, they were the apple of his eye, his people, his beloved. He, he would deliver them. He would fight for them. He would, he, they would sing his praises, and he would send his glory down into the camp. But what they would have never thought is that God is no respecter of persons. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Jacob's past fell on his neck with mercy. The father fell on the prodigal son's neck with mercy. And the Holy Ghost fell upon the Gentiles with mercy. So when here, when Jacob, when that morning came and he halted upon his thigh, um, if we have music, I guess we can we can come up. And so, when Jacob was left alone, when he gave it all to God, he he got rid of all the distractions, and there God met him, and he he felt that mercy from Esau. Uh, mercy is here for you. And so I want to bring you to Mark 16 and 2 through 4. Jacob felt that son hit his shoulders and he halted upon his thigh. But it was a reminder of God's blessing when that, that morning came. Mark 16 and 2 through 4. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? When they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it is very great. Luke 24 and 1 through 3. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. When the morning came, when the morning came, he knew he was merciful. And so I, I just, I felt that for you guys tonight. So if you could stand with me. And I, I know we've kind of had just like a Bible study tonight, but um, I, I just, I, I, felt, I felt good all day because I, I just, 
I have a confidence because I, I just know the Lord's merciful. Brother Brzezinski kind of walked through some things, and I know what he's done in my life. I know what he's doing in your life, and you, you do have to deal with problems of your past. You, you do have to deal with things, but the Lord is merciful. So whatever piece of your heart maybe you haven't given up, whatever whatever's within you that you're, you've kind of struggled with, and it, it just keeps cropping up, the Lord's merciful. Your problem's always going to be met with mercy. And so when the morning comes upon your life, it's going to be a good day because God is for you and he loves you. Let's just sing. Let's just pray. Brother Brzezinski, shut us down. But I, I just want us to think about his mercy because I, I know there's something here. I know this group, and I, I didn't use my knowledge of this group to my advantage. But I know the Lord's mercy is true tonight. So let's just think about him, and, and let's just talk to him for a minute. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.